there's an empty bar. I am going to try this. And it worked. <laughs> like, uh, here's, here's how it went. So I tried it, and I'd really been battling a lot with my clean. And uh, I do a few with the bar. I think we put on 40 kilos or whatever, and did a lift for fun, and it felt good. And um, my mate looks at me and goes, had to look better than your normal clean. Welcome to the Bar Ben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest coaches, athletes, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to South African weightlifter Nathan Morris. He's a super heavyweight. He's an internationally competitive weightlifter, having competed at the Commonwealth Games and African Championships. And we talk a little bit about his transition from rugby to full-time weightlifting, but we also focus on his unconventional weightlifting technique. He uses what's referred to as a frog-style clean or even a sumo-style setup in his clean. He's really the only international level weightlifter to do that currently. We talk about discovering that, why what's unconventional may work best for you, and how Nathan actually developed that to become an internationally competitive lifter using a technique that virtually no one has ever seen live before. It's super interesting. He's a really interesting guy and has a great perspective on some of the positive feedback and even hate he's gotten on social media. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Nathan, I really appreciate you taking the time to record today. We're in very different time zones. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Where are you, just for reference? All right. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, man. Right now, Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, yeah, I think we got about a seven, eight hour time difference. Well, I appreciate you. This, it's funny because this was a seven or eight hour time difference, but this was the easiest podcast to schedule I've had in a long time, which just means you're more organized than everyone else. So I really appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, I was, I was also kind of excited. I do read, you know, I've read Bob in for a while. So I got a message. Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Like, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background in sports, in strength training, and kind of how you got to where you are today as an internationally competitive weightlifter for those who, you know, don't know your background. All right. Uh, I'll give it a long story short. I wish, I mean, I wish it was a cooler story. I played I played rugby in uh, from about high school, and uh, kind of just out of high school started uh, doing weightlifting to kind of you know kind of improve performance. Um, you know, you read the articles, you know, you get more explosive, you build muscle, and uh, you know, I think what sold me was uh, I can get faster, and uh, I can stay fairly fit, and I don't have to run. Right, that is fan. That was the idea. And started weightlifting, I think about, I think I did it for about two months and uh, did a, did a competition on the fly. Uh, and it was the most fun I think I'd had uh, as a, in, in sport. It was like, you know, one of those like local club competitions take place in the CrossFit gym. It was just kind of from there. I, I played both for a bit, did rugby for a bit, did weightlifting for a bit, and then just, you know, bug bit. And I just kind of said, no, I'm going to give this, I want to give this you know, my best effort, and, you know, when eventually I can't play sport anymore professionally or, or at a high level, and I want to know that I gave this my, my best effort. I, I like that a lot. I, I've noticed a lot of folks who get into weightlifting or any strength sports, maybe powerlifting, because they find that the training they're doing to support their on-the-field sport, they're actually enjoying more 
and build more of a passion for. Yeah, you you uh, hit you hit it right on the head. I remember someone asked like, "Well, uh, why are you choosing weightlifting?" And and kind of the two things that, and I actually just had this conversation the other day. Two things that stuck out was number one, I I was having more fun weightlifting. You know, just just training was was more fun, but I liked that if I work hard, then the results will come. And you know, rugby is a team sport, and you know, guys are amazing, but. I, I struggled with playing my hardest and then someone drops a ball. That, that was tough. <laughs> so weightlifting was, well, if I work hard, I, you know, I'll see success. And, you know, similarly, if it goes bad, well, I got no one else to blame. So, you know, this, it was entirely in my control. Um, so I gravitated toward that. And, you know, I just can't think of something more fun than uh, snatch, clean, and jerk. I really appreciate that perspective. It is also nice because, you know, you don't, you wake up sore in a different way, maybe not sore from all the tackles or being tackled, uh, maybe more sore in the quads from, from heavy sets of squats. It's, it's a little bit different, but the, the toll it takes on the body is uh, maybe a little more sustainable longer term. I, yeah. If you're smart with it, <laughs> I, uh, I, I wouldn't have called my early training smart. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your early training compared to now. If you could go back in time and you could tell Nathan, you know, in his first couple months of weightlifting, some, if you give him some words of wisdom, what might those be? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Stop trying to max out every session. <laughs> you were one of those guys. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, look, I mean, it worked for a while. Um, and then eventually, you know, your, your results start going the other way. Yeah, you know, if I could go back, I kind of tell him, you know, you, accessories matter. Doing abs matters. Seventy percent is a percentage, and you should have sessions in that in that range. Yeah, I would I would kind of give him a bit more guidance. I was kind of my first comp was a, a hell of a success, and um, that kind of I thought, well, I'll just max out every day, and this will just you know I'll just I'll just you know in three years I'll snatch two hundred. This shouldn't be a problem at all. I had to figure out the hard way. Uh, it doesn't work like that. And yeah, I'm a bit stubborn. So it probably took a bit longer for it to get into my head than I think anybody else. Did you have a coach then or were you training kind of by yourself and, and figuring it out by yourself? My, my weightlifting career has been um, very, very different. I've never had a guy with me every day. Mm. Um, but I've had some incredibly smart mentors who have provided guidance, who have, you know, hey, what do you think about this? That well, They'll just tell me that's a dumb idea and you should try this. So I'm seeing this. And uh, I probably didn't listen in the beginning, uh, very hard-headed. Uh, if I could go back, I'd say shut up and listen. Uh, they, they, they got some, they've got some good tips. But as for, I think, 95% of this, 90% of sessions, I was, I was kind of just rocking and rolling. And even if we had, with said mentors, planned a session, I kind of would just go out on my own. You know that meme, you know, coach plans a session, athlete sends a message, hey, maxed out today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's me. Well, was me. That, that was you. A little, a, little wise, a little older, a little wiser right now. When was your first national level competition? Uh, national, look, I, I just want to clarify, right? Because we work a little different. You're talking about like a national championships. Yeah, yeah. 2017. 
Okay. So how long from starting weightlifting to being at the national level, which does mean it, you're, that's correct. It means a different thing in the United yeah, States. Each, each country's got a different standards. Absolutely. Right, right. But when, when was that kind of, how long did it take you to level up to that point at where you're like, okay, I'm competitive against everyone else in my country, in my body weight category, I could potentially be among among the best. When was that kind of realization? How long did it take in training weightlifting in a dedicated fashion to get there? Just short of a year. Oh wow, pretty quick. Did you already have yeah. a pretty good base of strength from from rugby? You think? Um, I, I caught on quick. I had a I had a decent strength level, which which got me to a certain point, and then I think that's kind of where I started to stall out. So I picked up, I picked it up quick. I, I don't think, I think, what was it, about three, four months, I was cleaning about 140, 150, three months to about snatch 100. So I, I, caught, I caught on quick. By the time I had gotten to nationals, I was snatching about 120, trying to get into 130, something like that. And clean jerks was, I think, on that, on, at that nationals, I said like 150 would be good. Mm. So I, I, I had a very quick start. Got it. Now let's talk about your first international competition. When was that? And where was that? Oh, that was awesome. Uh, 2018 uh, Mauritius. You wouldn't. So this was an interesting comp, right? Because you, I don't know if you can go on the, if you go on IWF.net, you can find results of everything, right? I don't think you can find it. Well, I think you can find very, um, very sort of, half results if that makes sense so that competition there was sort of two was and it was the standard african champs which obviously i competed and then there was what was called the mauritius open which was basically for the guys who had not yet been registered on adams uh, which is our anti-doping system right uh good on weightlifting good for them for setting that standard so i did i did that which i was in african champs and the mauritius open which was about i've been i think i put it at i've been lifting about two years you, you said that was awesome. So, like, you clearly have some memories from that. Walk us through that experience. Obviously, Mauritius is a place where not a lot of folks, at least in the United States, ever get to visit. It's an island nation, a really cool, exotic location. Um, let's talk about that experience. You know, you fly to this. I assume you flew and didn't take a boat. Yeah, that would yeah, be, yeah we, we flew. That'd be really badass well, if you had to take a boat to get to your first international comp. Yeah, that... That would have been an interesting experience. Uh, Mauritius is great. I mean, it's like two hours away from us, three hours away, a little island nation. If you haven't been, you should go. Beautiful, beautiful country. Um, it's basically a giant beach. Um, it's like Africa's version of Hawaii. Mm. And look, man, I think it's your first comp. And uh, I remember getting the phone call and um, I remember the selector going, you know, congrats, you've been selected. You know, you've made great progress. Um, we just want you to temper your expectations. You know, we, we, you're just going to go for the experience and uh, there are a lot of amazing lifters there. And uh, we want you to just hit some PBs. Like, great. And immediately that was actually kind of what I, I went in with. There was no expectation. It was just, you know, I'd spent my, you, you grow up wanting to rep your country, right? Now here I am wearing a, South African tracksuit, incredibly proud South African, and I get to lift. And the vibe was amazing. Um, you know, you're making new friends, you're meeting all these, you know, lifters who you've only seen on social media. Um, it, unlimited food, and the food is amazing. Now, if you're a super heavyweight lifter, that is just incredible. 
Um, you know, I don't have to make weight. Super heavyweights always have the best time in competition. That's exactly it, man. There is, it's petty, but if you're sort of sitting next to someone at the dining table who has to make weight the next day, it feels good that you can just eat what you want. Hey, like, hey, do you want to try some of this, this gigantic bowl of pasta? <laughs> you're you, you're either the most fun person to travel with or to, if you're cutting weight the worst my worst nightmare to travel with it seems like oh uh, yeah I th- it's totally person dependent you're either like you're either gonna hate it or you're gonna love it but yeah i mean uh, i had a i had a decent performance uh, i put on the essay singlet for the first time and um yeah that's a that's a memory that'll stay for for a while i think uh in terms of international comps i couldn't have had a better start Let's talk about competing at the Commonwealth level. Was that a different, did that feel like a different experience uh, compared to competing at the continental level? Absolutely. That was a, uh, a hell of a learning experience um, for me. You are, I mean, you're not just around weightlifters, right? You're around some of the best athletes in the world um, who in, in multiple sport, and you just get to see how they move, right? How they interact with the world, how they approach training, their mentality. And I'd never, I'd just never been at anything like that. Um, so to, to be in that environment was a, a bit of a shock. Great learning experience. And obviously, I mean, it's a Commonwealth game, super fun. Everybody, you know, it's like on the media and all your, you know, family are messaging you, friends are messaging you, good luck. Like, it's cool, you know, for a month, you know, the world revolves around you. It was, it was a hell of a thing. Which, was there a particular athlete or a particular group of athletes or maybe athletes from a t- particular sport that really fascinated you? Because you're right, it is a little bit like watching a human zoo. Like, you, you have people at the peak of their capabilities. Maybe sprinters are over here, weightlifters are over here, swimmers are over here. And you're watching, like, the absolute peak of humanity for that little thing. So I'm, I'm curious, who fascinated you the most? 10 out of 10, the boxers. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Man, they work so hard. Mm. Like, uh, the way you got to prep for boxing, you know, the weight cuts are re- like a, a hectic thing. Like, if you think weight, weightlifting weight cuts are hectic, like, the boxers take it to another level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we would, I would, <laughs> again, super heavyweight life, <laughs> I'd, I'd get down from my room and... I'm, I'm going to feast at the breakfast hall, right? I'm, I'm not going to eat small. I'm about to dig in. Yeah, the food, and, the food is provided, especially. Oh, my God. You're at the buffet. Oh, absolutely. Right? Eggs and bacon, man. That's, that's the one. And all you'll see is you just got to look around a little bit, and you're about to dig in, and the box is already training. They're already going. Session one. In the hall, wherever, wherever they can do it, right? Because obviously you get, and this is my assumption, right? We all get hours. You, you get your training hall, you get your hours. We all have our own training hall. So I assume they had more sessions than they could fit in the training hall. So what do we do? Oh, well, we'll just train in the hall. So they are guys literally smashing it, like going super hard in the lobby, right, of your, of your hotel, your village, or whatever it is. And the thing that struck me was what I felt was I am lazy, like these guys, I thought I worked hard, man. These guys take it to another level and they're just cool with it. And the cool thing about them is they're the nicest people in the world. 
Like of all, of all the conversations I had, the boxers were by far and away the coolest guys to chat to. And I think it's, you know, you will have a huge amount of humility if you can get knocked out in like two seconds. Mm, Could yeah. happen. You can be a nice guy. That's so interesting too. And I guess they get all their aggression out in their sport. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that. Like, just save it all up, store it, so you can just use it in the ring. You, you know, and that's yeah, that's the thing. Like, they have to channel that. <clears throat> you know, if you get really mad, like weightlifters, if you have a if you if you have a bad training session, maybe maybe you'll kick a barbell or you'll like, you know, t- t- I used to always like tip over my chair in a really angry way. No one cared. It was like the wussiest looking thing in the world. Oh, look, David just like tipped over his chair because he missed a clean and jerk. But like boxers, they just get to pummel another human being and have to channel that. So like if you're doing that professionally, you must be good. You must be able to walk through life. Just chill. Yeah. Yeah. I I do fear for them once the once they don't get to pummel people anymore, like what you do with that anger. Oh yeah. But, But um I think, yeah, yeah ther- therapy is right there for you, and you get to win a medal for that as well. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what initially put you on, on our radar, besides the fact that you're an internationally competitive athlete representing South Africa. One thing that caused a little bit of a stir, I think it was earlier this year. and I, I mean, stir, like stir, there's, there's a bad stir, and then there's a good stir. This is very much a good stir. Anything that gets people looking at strength in a slightly different way, I would call that good, right? Anything. Well, I'm glad you view it like that. Yeah, I do. Well, and that's a technique that you use in the clean and jerk. And you start your clean in what most people would call a sumo stance, which is completely yeah. fine. It's a, it's a good left. There's nothing in the rule book that says your feet have to be in any particular place when you clean. but it's pretty rare to see. And I would love to hear a little bit about how that developed and how that has become your go-to style in the clean and jerk. It, it, it actually started out, you know, I phrased it as a joke, which it was, it was actually just having fun. Um, I was in the gym with a mate and um, we, we were talking about old lifting styles. We mm. nerded out, man, like proper. And uh, I just, what you do, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd for the sport. There's an empty bar. I am going to try this. And it worked. <laughs> like, uh, here's, here's how it went. So I tried it, and I had really been battling a lot uh, w- with my clean. Mm-hmm. Jerk I was actually pretty, com- pretty comfortable with at that point, which was kind of the strongest lift I had. But I, I just couldn't get there. Like, the clean was so bad, it didn't matter. And uh, I do a few with the bar. I think we put on 40 kilos or whatever and did a lift for fun and it felt good. And um, my mate looks at me and goes, had to look better than your normal clean. And not like having having a joke with me. It's like he was being dead honest. And uh, we are, all right, cool. Well, tomorrow let's give it a go. Like, what? why not? You're not going to lose anything by trying this. So I, I walk up. I'm not particularly in strong shape in terms of you know, you know you have your ups and downs and and i walked up and at the time i max power cleans 150 and i power clean 150 and i jerk it uh fairly easily feels really good so with with the sumo start where your legs are actually coming in on the catch correct and um at that time it's raw man like it doesn't look good but it feels all right and uh it was just a case of hey i think i'm gonna give this a go and it was, uh, all right, I give myself a period of six months 
this is uh, was about 2021. So if I take six months to give this a go, I don't think I'm going to lose anything. Mm. I want to know. I want to try, right? I don't, it's not against the rules. I know it's not against the rules. And uh, I know it's not traditional, but I don't care. And, and there, there was a time when actually squat cleaning was not traditional. People tended to split. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a go and it, and it morphed and it changed. And it, it, I, w- I wish I could show you videos. Maybe I'll send some to you. It was pretty rough in the beginning. You know, the bar was pretty far away and, I, and it slowly started to morph into kind of what you saw with the games and on my Instagram, et cetera. And what started happening was I got more and more comfortable with it and it, it became what it is. Now, the cool part about this is I've actually gone back post um, social media blow up and just looked at my, look at my comp- t- competition results just in the clean and jerk. And I was historically not proud of it, but a, like I would literally one for three on the clean and jerk. And suddenly I'm going two for three, three for three. Now, you can put that down to a lot, right? Good training, better training, better mindset. I'm working on all those things at the same time. But what I am doing is I'm going to the bar and I'm not worrying anymore. Mm. I'm not worrying about my technique. This for me feels good. Feels like something I can invest in and it's getting better and better and better. Um, and my clean jerk went up like dramatically. Um, again, you can attribute that to training, increased body weight, yada, yada. But I, you know, I like to think that this played a role for me. And it was a case of if it's working and you're showing better results, it's not against the rules, stick with it. Has there been any backlash? Has anyone in person told you, oh, I don't like it, or this is bad for the sport, or they need to change the rules? Has there been any negative feedback you've gotten from people? Um, absolutely. Hmm. Face-to-face, no. So I, I wouldn't consider social media face-to-face. That's true. Um, and face-to-face, by the uh, way, people tend not to criticize super heavyweights uh, face-to-face that often. Just, just throwing it out yeah, there. I, I, got a, I got a good like hard stare. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why. Um, but face-to-face, no. I think behind closed doors, when I'm not looking, absolutely. Social media, absolutely. And you know what, man? Like 10 out of 10 to them. Like fair play. Right, like it's uh, it's different, and uh, you know, I, I went on a, a global stage and I did something different. So it is sport, and criticism is encouraged and allowed, and you are allowed to feel how you want to feel. It's probably not going to change how I do things, but if if you don't like it, that's cool. Like hundred percent, no one's telling you to do it. And if you feel like it's something that might work for you, well, pay for away, man. That is the most mature response to any tough question that we've ever gotten on this podcast. If I could bottle that sentiment, like I'm going to do me, you do you. Don't let this impact your life too negatively, but it improves my performance. If I could bottle that and sell that as a supplement, like I wouldn't, we wouldn't need to produce content anymore. <laughs> yeah, like little, uh, little mental supplement. You could just get off on that. Yeah, like you, you take it with big money. Yeah, you, it's like a chill. You take it with your creatine. It makes you better. It doesn't make anyone worse. Oh my God, that's it. I got to figure that out. Is this something that you're pretty confident you're going to be sticking with for the long term, technique wise? Or could you ever see yourself going yeah. back? You, okay. You're- I, I tried for fun. I like, oh, you know, let me try the old. Well, for me, it's old. Obviously, it's, it's the tried, true, and tested way. And it, it is as bad as uh, it didn't feel as good as, mm. as the sumo. 
And uh, I think at this point, if I approach the bar, my feet just go into that position. Um, and it, it works for me and it works for my body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I will stick with it and, uh, it might morph and change and as, as a lifter does. And as you, as you move through your, your weightlifting career life, um, but you know, will you see me stick with it? Yeah. There, there would have to be some, like, if, like, I got to put a hundred kilos on my clean for me to go back. Mm, got it. Like tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> it'd have to be like immediate. How is it? Yeah, impacted, it would have to be immediate. How has it impacted your, your, your training? I assume you're doing pulls and accessory work from the, you're using that as your starting position for like pulls, accessory work, hang. Does, are you able to do like hang cleans with that positioning? Yeah. In fact, uh, I think I, I think I'm better at the hang clean. Yeah. It's just, if I'm doing a pull, I put my feet in that position. If I lift from the trap bar, I put my feet in that position. You know, not much is, 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 it's actually not any different to mm. how you would train weightlifting normally. If you do a pull for your clean, you should probably start in the same position you'd want to clean it in, right? So I just do that, right? And if I'm squatting, I put my feet in the same position. I think I'm going to receive the clean in or the position I want to receive the clean. Same goes to the snatch. Same, it, nothing's actually changed aside from the fact that my feet are closed, turned out at about 45 degrees and my knees are out. That's it. I don't know if, are you super, are you familiar at all with the powerlifting space? Yeah. The whole, the whole sumo is cheating debate in powerlifting. I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. So you, do, watch the video, right? Watch nice videos though. Maybe not the Commonwealth one, not the best clean ever, right? So I, I hate that the, one of the word, one of the worst cleans I did. Still nice weight. One of the worst cleans I did went viral, right? Watch a nicer one. The feet are close, right? And they're turned out. So in my brain, right? And I'm sure people want to debate this. When you sumo, you're super wide. Now, I, I am not super wide. It's actually very, very close. In fact, probably slightly within hip width. Um, so I, I actually have close to or as much work to do as you would in a conventional clean. It's just the angles are changed to suit what I'm trying to accomplish, which is the same as anybody else, which is put the bar on your chest, throw it over your head. And the thing is, I mean, the debate in powerlifting is that lifters lifting in very wide sumo stances are moving the bar less of a distance, but ultimately with the clean and jerk at the, with the clean and jerk at the end of that lift, you're moving the bar the same distance because you have to have that barbell overhead and you have to bring your feet in line. And show control. Yeah. And I, I still got to catch it in a squat. Yeah. There's no way to cheat. There's no way to cheat a clean and jerk, right? It's not like you're suddenly lifting the bar. You know, you took five inches off of what you're lifting overhead because you still have to stand up straight with it. You know what I mean? There's no way to like cheat yeah. that. You didn't shorten your arms. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I wish I could. <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of super heavies. I love they're like, man, oh, yeah, man, that, that would make life infinitely easier. <laughs> Nathan, where's the best place for people to follow along with you, your training, upcoming competitions, anything like that? I'm I'm pretty much just active on Instagram, man. I don't I don't I'm not really much of a social media guy, but if you if you do want to follow the journey, uh, Nato Morris at Nato Morris on Instagram, and uh, that's about it. I I don't have like one million handles. What any uh, any upcoming competitions you're really excited about? No. I, I mean, I, I wish I could hype this up, man, but I'm, uh, I'm actually um, rehabbing from injury at the moment. Mm. 
So I'm, I'm just taking it day by day. And, uh, you know, I, for me, next year, we got this thing called African Games, which is our version of the Pan American Games. That's a nice one. I'm kind of circled on the calendar. Um, and I'm kind of hoping I can get into shape, get better than I was before and qualify and, you know, go rep the country one more time. Excellent. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us, sharing a bit about your journey. Um, really appreciate your time. Cool, man. Thank you so much for having me.